inspired, informative, and entertaining. This broadcast is brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership. Welcome to It's Her Story, a weekly broadcast featuring women who inspire us to be the best versions of ourselves, bringing the heart, the soul, and the brilliance of women to the forefront by sharing their unique stories. I'm your host, Karen Colonna, engaging guests to share their stories of how God has led them to it, delivered them through it, and prepared them for it. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are here today on It's Her Story. So, so excited that you are able to join us. Wow. We have an exciting guest today. And I always, I'm always excited when it's somebody that I knew in a prior life. And it's always amazing to me to see how God weaves stories together throughout each of our journeys. And today we are joined by Dr. Karen Wonders. And some of you from the Dayton area may already know Karen. She is the founder and CEO of Maple Tree Cancer Alliance. She's also a professor and program director of exercise physiology at Wright State University. Her passion, and you'll hear it come through in what she has done, is to advocate for exercise to serve as a part of the national standard of care for cancer. And through her nonprofit organization, Maple Tree, uh, Maple Tree provides free exercise training to thousands of cancer survivors every month to more than 60 clinical locations across the world. I just remember the first time you guys went international, how exciting it was. She is an evidence-based researcher and aside from all of what she does and is going to talk to us today uh, about the journey of Maple Tree, I'm also going to throw in she is a mom of seven. I think a Wonder Woman, and I know there's a pun, and I know it's not the first time you've heard it. And at that point, I'll stop talking and say, welcome, Karen Wonders. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wow. So Karen and I, we were just reminiscing before we started the podcast today we met when our now 14-year-olds were in utero. It's true. My daughter's now 15, though. She had wow. a birthday like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So, but you're right. We were both pregnant at the time. A mutual friend had brought us together. And, it, it, you know, I, I shared, God has a way of weaving our stories together and our lives back into place. And we met in a Bible study that was uh, hosted by a mutual friend. And what's very interesting to me, as people have heard in, in a lot of our podcasts, is my faith journey is a little different or maybe not. Back then I was in a Bible study, but I didn't know why I was invited. I'll share. Same with me. I had never been in a Bible study before, and this is the first time we're talking about this. Yeah, I had never been in a Bible study before. I was going through a very hard time personally, and our mutual friend invited us to it. I didn't even own a Bible. I went to Walmart to buy a Bible for this thing, and I couldn't figure out why is this Bible here $100 and this one is $5. So I bought the $5 one and it turned out to be like the KJV version. <laughs> so the first Bible I ever read was, you know, a lot of thou's and those and all, you know, all of those words I had to kind of weed my way through in that Bible study. And what's interesting, and this is perception, is I would have never guessed that. I would have looked, and because again, I was in a difficult place. Caroline had just, I mean, I was pregnant. Caroline was not even gone a year. 
So Mary was that conduit, that anchor to spirituality and a beautiful friend to bring people together. I probably owned a Bible, but it was my Bible from Alter High School that has like everybody's inscription. I mean, it still says Karen loves Eddie on it. That is my first husband. So we came to this journey, crazily enough, and just having this conversation 15 years later through a similar, I don't know, spiritual mindset. So I've been following Maple Tree, you know, God bless social media from the very beginning through watching friends that I know who have survived the journey of cancer, utilize the services personally, watching global expansion. And I am just elated to talk about that journey. And so we'll start with, you know, we talked about going into the back room of Starbucks mm-hmm. as I don't know, curious. I don't want to say desperate, but our hearts were just probably dying inside for need of something uh, 15 years ago to God leading a journey that brought us together and to talk about the the evolution, birth and evolution of Maple Tree. So we talked about your first Bible experience and that is hysterical, KJV. I didn't know that there were like all these other versions. And now I'm listening to it via the Bible app and a English speaking man is reading it out loud and it's not those and thou's. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have stepped into this amazing story. Mm-hmm. Talk about what transpired from the day the lady and this lady met in the back room of a Starbucks to your faith journey in Maple Tree. Take us off. Well, where did it, what was it born? Well, oddly enough, it was born in that Starbucks which is just, it, it's crazy to share, but you're right. You know, we would meet, um, was it Wednesday nights, I think for Monday nights or something for Bible study. And we'd go to that back room. And as I shared, I was, I was going through kind of a personal difficult time and was probably searching, but I wasn't really sure what I was searching for and went to this Bible study. And a year later, I mean, it took about a year of the Bible study before I was actually saved. So, you know, you and I met in 2008, I was not officially saved till 2009. And that's finally when I was, you know, I just surrendered everything to the Lord. And I just said, I think that you have something for me. I don't know what it is, but I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to trust you in that. And was saved in that Starbucks in the back room during a Bible study. And less than a year later, I was at a meeting at that Starbucks and kind of what was going on in addition to these Bible studies was I was working, I was a professor at Wright State and I had been tasked with the job of creating a new major. So when I started working at Wright State, I was teaching exercise science and physiology classes to people who wanted to become health and physical education teachers. So as you can imagine, a physiology-based class for people who want to be health and physical education majors, I was not the most popular (laughs) professor. You said physiology, and I'm thinking, that's got to be one of those that sounds great, like my astrology class, Mm -hmm. which was really physics. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, there's a lot of yeah, it's just a lot of processes and, and I love it, um, but quickly realized I'm, I'm preaching to the wrong choir and I started an, an exercise science major. And so now if you look at the time frame, now it's 2010. 
And um, I was having meetings with people trying to set up internship experiences. And I was meeting with someone who owned a gym in Centerville. So we met at Starbucks to kind of talk through, hey, can I get my students lined up with internships? And while we were talking, he asked what kind of research I did. Now, when I was getting my doctorate, from 2003 to 2006, I did cancer research. I looked at the effects of exercise on cancer patients. And so he said, what kind of research do you do? And I said, well, I do cancer research. And then I had this moment where I thought, no, I don't anymore. I used to, but since I left and graduated, I haven't done anything related to cancer, related to exercise, even though I knew how beneficial it was. I had seen, I had witnessed it. And that moment, sitting in that Starbucks, I felt this conviction come over me that I need to start doing this again. And my mind is racing. I'm trying to get done with this meeting so I can run home and brainstorm. But, but it was in that Starbucks that that dream was born. And I came home and an hour later told my husband, hey, I'm, I'm going to start a company, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hope it works, but I feel like I'm supposed to do this. <laughs> and uh, by the way, I need you to go to the grocery store every Tuesday now for the rest of our lives. Cause I'm busy. <laughs> I know. Well, well, that was my first fear was, am I going to get so busy that it's going to interfere with my ability to be the kind of mom that I want to be? I was already struggling being a working mom with just that guilt that I felt that I'm missing story time at the library and, you know, and and I already had struggled with that. And so that was my biggest fear in starting this company was I don't want to get too busy that I miss out on my children's life. I only had two kids at the time. No. Yes, I did. I had two kids at the time. Two, uh, but that was my fear because I knew I wanted more children and I was praying for more children and and I didn't want to miss miss it. Wow. It's so there's so many things that resonate and I knew this conversation would touch so, so, so many people because there's, there's that piece of us that feels and hears the call mm -hmm. and stepping in and answering that call is more than just saying yes to God. Mm -hmm. And there's a faith element there that he will protect you as a mother. He will help you and bring in the resources. This is the second time, Pamela, I referenced your book. She, uh, Pamela Cohn uh, was on a few weeks ago and she wrote a book called Destiny Chasers and she calls them Destiny Partners, that God will line up the destiny partners around us to help carry us through each piece of that so we can be the mom at the game and we can be the, the founder who shows up at the strategy session to open a new uh, facility as well as um, the partner we need to be both to uh, our, our spouses and to God in that little place in our hearts that we get to carry every day. You don't always get the roadmap though. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, okay, I'm going to do this. So were there particular, like were there destiny partners? I'm going to use that word and define it as folks along the way that said, oh my gosh, Karen, I can do this piece or I'm really good at this piece. And maybe talk about how your village, if you will, or lack thereof around um, developing maple tree came together to help you through that process. That's a great question. 
Yes, definitely. You know, as you as you started explaining what a destiny partner was, I can think of very specific people along the way who helped not only in the I can do this, I can help here, I can do that. But initially, it was that encouragement that I needed that, you know, we there's a friend of ours who lived in Oakwood who, you know, when I first felt called to do this, I was almost embarrassed to tell people about it because I was so worried about what are they going to think? Are they going to think I'm trying to cure cancer? Because the first person I told my idea to said, oh, are you trying to cure cancer? And I said, no, no, I just want to help people who have cancer to feel better. And, you know, I had a friend very early on send me an email just to encourage me and, and said how what she thought what I was doing was so amazing and how she would never be able to do something like that and just really encouraged me and gave me that courage to do the next thing. And then as I did the next thing, more people came along to encourage me or more doors would open. And I would realize, I I realized very quickly that this was not happening in my own strength and my own power, that I did not open that door. This person has no business helping me and yet they are. And so very early on, I could see God's hand in all of it. And, and I really believe that is what has got me to the point where, where I am. But when I say the point where I am, I think this is just a stepping stone to where I'm going. Like, I know we did not come this far just to come this far. We're, we're still on that trajectory. And I know that only God is going to get us there. And it's been such a great part of the journey to work with people and, and to learn and meet new people along the way who can help help with this work that is so much bigger than me. Well, and that's the interesting thing when I think of you're not done yet. Mm-hmm. And I have a talk that I give and it's a, it's a journey driving analogy. And part of it, it's um, rerouted, rerouted to reach your dreams. And there's a picture I show of a curved road. And the reason the road is curved is because if we saw the destination, Mm. The moment we got in the car, would we actually turn it on? Because we would see every roadblock. We would see ultimately what the destination is and maybe, "Mm, yeah, no, no, I'm not equipped for that. Or would that's not why that's not what I planned. So Mm -hmm. the road is curved. So at any given time, we only see that piece that's important for us to stay on, to get to the next stop. And that next stop could be a detour. That next stop could be an express lane, whatever it is, it forces us to have some level of presence. And when you talked about doing the next right thing. So if there are folks that are listening that have a calling on their heart, or maybe they just have a personal goal, I don't know, they want to run a a a half marathon. That is one of my goals. You are running a half marathon. Well, I'm going to come back to that question. I will come back. We'll talk about that because I have done many and I remember my first. You talked about doing the next right thing and the next right thing, whether it's a goal, whether it's running a half marathon like you have coming up with your daughter, whatever it may be, share a little bit about how doing that next right thing not only motivated you, but gave you the capacity to keep going. Mm. 
That's funny because keep going has been a theme of mine for the last probably 18 months. So, you know, when I first started Maple Tree, I don't know that I had a clear picture of what it would become. I don't even know that I was comfortable enough setting goals around what I wanted it to be. That's how scared I was to get started. And it was just do this, just do the next thing, just do the next thing. And all along, I kept thinking, am I messing up? Am I not doing what God wants me to do? Is this a failure? Is this going to fail? And, you know, are they going to laugh at me? Are they going to think I'm crazy? And so I would say for the first couple of years, that's really how I operated was completely scared to death. And it wasn't until 2014. So Maple Tree officially began in 2011. In 2014, I was on an airplane traveling to a conference. I cried all the way to the airport because I missed my babies and I didn't want to leave them. I was going to be gone for two nights. And I thought this was just the end of the world. And I was on the airplane and I was reading a book about praying big and how if you pray big, that honors God. And I was very convicted reading this book because I was like, my prayers stink. <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't even know. I mean, my prayers at that time were like, oh Lord, I would love another baby, but I'm so sorry. It's fine. I already have a lot of kids. So if you don't want to give me any more kids, it's fine. It's fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like that was how I prayed. It was I'm so going to ask you, I'm going to apologize. I'm going to justify. So sorry for wanting another baby. Like I know I have plenty. But that was my prayer. And I remember reading this thinking, goodness, if I were to pray big, I don't even know what I would ask for. And that was my thought. And my next thought that came into my head, and I believe this was God putting this thought into my head because I would have never thought it on my own. The thought was ask for a worldwide ministry. And I said out loud on the airplane, nope. <laughs> I mean, someone like turned and looked at me and I was like, no, mm -mm, no way. It's not happening. I cried all the way to the airport. Like it was one of those where I thought, did I think that? There's no way I would have thought that because there's no way that would be a thought in my head. And then it happened again. Ask me for a worldwide ministry. Now at this point, Maple Tree had at most 50 patients that we were serving each year. We had one very small location in downtown Dayton. It was me and two other part-time trainers. A worldwide ministry was not something that I was working towards or in my brain at all. But that was that moment it just became clear that that was the direction that Maple Tree was to go. And I knew it. And actually, for the first four months after that happened, I went into hiding. I stopped doing speaking engagements. I stopped pretty much everything because I was so paralyzed by that fear. And finally, my husband was like, what is going on with you? Because <laughs> it was very unlike me. I'm normally very driven and very ambitious. And, you know, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. And I, and I told him and I just started crying. And I said, I think God told me that Maple Tree is supposed to be a worldwide ministry. And I don't know how I'm going to do that. I, I can't fathom how that is going to happen. 
And he said to me, my husband said to me that, you know, well, God will make a way, don't you think? I mean, he's brought us to this point and he's, he's good. He's going to help. I mean, maybe this isn't for you to figure out. Maybe you just have to follow. And so I just, that was when I surrendered and I just said, okay, Lord, whatever you have for me, I'll, I'll do, I'll do my best. And that's not to say it hasn't been an easy road. I mean, it's, it's been difficulties along the way for sure. But that moment in the airplane was something that I think about every single day since then. It's been almost 10 years. And here we are, you know, nine years later in maple trees in 12 countries. And we have partners all over the world. And, you know, God is in the middle of doing it, you know. Um, so it's been a privilege to have a front row seat to that, but I definitely was not like a willing partner initially. <laughs> you know, it's crazy and it's not crazy. It's divine. I am a firm believer that when God has a message for you, he layers it into all different facets of your life. It's literally like, where's Waldo? Like you'll go around and you'll, it just pops up, Right. I was having a conversation with uh, one of my most wonderful girlfriends, spiritual gutter. She's my soulmate. There's three people getting married uh, in October and she's getting married with us because John knows she comes with the package. Mm -hmm. She said to me about a business in my mind, my heart, what I know is my calling, what I know is where I'm going in my next season. And I just said something about the authenticity in my heart and, and what, what should this be and what should that be and how, what should... What should this theme be in the call? And she said to me, she goes, your, your motive with God, you don't have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. You just have to be willing mm -hmm. to be open that he wants to use you. And you're going to show up and say, Lord, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I know, I know that you have a plan for how I can serve you and how I can glorify you in the way that I live my life. And whether that's, I don't know, spiritual or secular, whatever it is. And you just said another paraphrase of that exact statement, which was your husband said to you, you don't have to know how that's going to be, how that's going to come to be. Hasn't he already laid it out? He knows. Mm -hmm. And then you said, surrender, mm -hmm. be willing and open to step through the door every day and to follow the cues. The gift of this podcast for me personally is the messages that, that every single guest has laid upon my heart. Mm -hmm. I feel as God has put me in this forum to layer in each piece of that reinforcement, that encouragement. And if I feel that as a, as a person of one, I just get so excited about the possibility of how many lives we touch. Women that are listening, that have had a crazy idea that didn't act on it, that were paralyzed by fear, that might be listening ashamed, that they haven't stepped through the door of whatever is calling them on their heart. They can pause for a second and go, oh my gosh, I am not alone. Actually, I'm kind of normal. Mm -hmm. And but look what can happen when we do kind of wake up from that paralysis and have the courage. And so I'm going to kind of bring us back. We taught, we started with a Bible study and um, I'm going to go back to that big book because the word, lots of folks who listen to us regularly know that I'm a Bible newbie. 
other than going through 12 years of Catholic school and having a Bible with all of my friends' subscriptions or signatures on there, I have never really explored it to the past three years. My, my fiance gave me that gift of looking at it a different way. And I also shared at the beginning that I now, I, I seek it. I can't wait to get on my Bible app, go for a walk. And I feel like I've journeyed through, through things I've heard of before, but they have a different meaning. Anyway, talk to us a little bit about whether it's scripture or talk to us about your relationship with the Bible. Mm. That's a great question. So I was very much a Bible newbie when I was first saved. And being that I have a PhD, I'm very much a researcher. And so I wanted to read the Bible and study the Bible for myself to come to the conclusion that yes, this is in fact true. And yes, this is in fact a living document. And so I approached it as I would have a college class or a graduate school class. I, I studied it. I, I joined Bible studies. Bible study fellowship is something that was very instrumental in my spiritual walk. Um, that's a nine-month Bible study that you can study different aspects of the Bible. Usually we'll focus on a book or a theme for the entire year. And that was very instrumental early on. I started in... The fall of 2015, I started, I went back to school to get a second master's degree in ministry at Cedarville University, which is where my husband teaches. And around that time, I had been really struck. It was right. It was within a year after I had that moment with God on an airplane and suddenly Maple Tree is supposed to be a worldwide ministry. I'm trying to figure that out. I felt called to do this Bible study. I felt like everything in my life was beyond my capabilities. And um, I had a very disappointing couple of, of weeks. I had a couple of grants that I thought I would get that would really propel Maple Tree to the next level. And in my mind, it was like, well, God said worldwide ministry. So this grant has to go through. Yeah. And um it didn't turn out that way. And so I had a moment where I was like, gosh, it's too hard. Maybe I should just quit, you know, one of those. And I had a couple of days where I really walked through that. Maybe I should quit. And in that time, I was reading through one of my, one of my classes that I was taking at this ministry program through the book of Chronicles, first Chronicles. And, you know, it's, it's rare for people to be like, wow, the book of Chronicles really changed my life. <laughs> I mean, of course it's the Bible, so it's very important, but that's not usually one of the books that they point to. But for me, it was life-changing because I was studying the life of David and David had a promise that was made to him when he was a shepherd boy. He was, his father didn't even think he was worthy to come before the, the king to say, yeah, you're going to be the king. Like he did, he didn't even bring him in front of the father. And yet God gave David a promise that didn't come to fruition for many years, but David never lost sight of that promise. He never doubted that promise. And everything he did in his life was in accordance with that. He acted on the promise of God. And I thought, here I am. I'm, I'm like David in the field. I'm, I'm just this little girl who God laid this big dream on my heart. And 
maybe I need to trust in God and trust in his promises and act as if it's true no matter what. And if this is true, no matter what, this promise that he gave me, this vision that he gave me, what am I going to do today that shows that I believe him? And, and so Chronicles, that book is really what propelled me to just go all in and, and, and give it all that I had to the Lord to bring this to fruition. I have another question, but I have to write this down. Okay. <laughs> and we'll wrap up. I loved it. Act as if it's true, no matter what. And what can I do today to show I believe? Because if if you believe, if you say you have faith, then you need to act like it. And sometimes we want to know, give me a sign. Give me a sign. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm right. Well, no, if you have faith, you're going to act in accordance with that faith. And maybe you don't need the sign. Maybe you just have to trust in what you already know and move forward with that information. It's funny. I have one, I have two tattoos. One's a ladybug in honor of my angel. The other one, which is hard to read, is Hebrews 11.1. Mm. Faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. It is evidence of things we cannot see. It is, those numbers uh, are important to my family. That verse is important enough to put on my body. It's not so, it doesn't face out, it faces in so that I can see it every day. So when I doubt, when I question, it's an anchor. Mm. I think faith is such, I don't know, it's organic, but it is one of the hardest things we will ever traverse in our lives, but it holds the key Mm. to every aspect of our lives. As we get toward the end of our time today, we've talked about how God led you to it and how he delivered you through it. And he is preparing you. Folks might listen and go, what else is there? What is he preparing her for? You laid a foundation that this is not it. So. And we just talked about faith. So maybe wrap us up with your thoughts on two things. One for Karen, the Karens. Um, <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. The, the life we have to live, the cross we carry. I know. I was going to say, lucky everyone. We got two Karens Two today. Karens. And you know what? I think we're pretty darn nice. I mean, I think I do probably fit the mold of an entitled middle-aged woman, you know, I, I, I mean, as much as I don't want to. <laughs> well, it's funny. I will look at my family, more so my kids and go, you have a choice today. Do you want your mother or do you want Karen? Because the, the things that you do in the next half hour can dictate who is going to walk back into this house. So my goal is to kind of wrap us up mm-hmm. with you know, where you, what you think this whole journey has led you to, like what God is preparing you for. And then secondly, if there are, you know, one or two thoughts you could share with our listeners about the journey that might help them to keep going. Mm. I know. I wish I had something articulate and magical to say. I don't believe I'm completely fulfilled what God has laid out for me. I mean, even going back and getting my master's of ministry degree, I felt very called to do that. I have yet to really use it though. Um, (laughs) and, and so I don't know, like, I think that he does have something for me. And I think it's, it's around 
encouraging others, you know, here's the journey that I've had, my faith that I've had. God, I, I believe, told me I would have seven children and, and I had to act in accordance with that and believe that. And the house that we bought, you know, we bought expecting that we would have seven kids. And then we did have seven kids. And then God told me worldwide ministry. And those were the words, worldwide ministry. Maple Tree is largely a secular organization. I mean, we are doing exercise programming with cancer patients. I am a Christian. I have Christians who work for me, but it is not a ministry. And so when God said worldwide ministry, that's something that I've always thought, okay, well, we're not a ministry yet. So is that the missing piece? And, and, and that's really where I kind of am now. I find myself wrestling with that a little bit. Um, when I look at my daily life, it's so busy and it's so full that I can't imagine adding something else to it. And, and so that's why I don't think we're ready yet, but I think he's laying that foundation. And I think that that will come. As I wrap up everything that you've said today that I've heard, and as we kind of leap into what's next for Karen, what's next for the other Karen, what's next for everyone else out there is you don't have to know. If there is a calling on your heart, listen to it. Allow that voice the, the, the respect and the grace of being heard and know that whatever it is that you do the next day is the next right thing. God can have a whole nother season for you, Karen, that focuses explicitly on ministering in some way. And it doesn't have to be a church and it doesn't have to be, you know, a nonprofit. I don't know what that is, but shoot, you might get bored someday when all seven leave. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think the amazing gift is there's always, there's always the next thing. And if we can face it, if we can face and step into the presence of today, be aware enough to hear the call. And I'm going to throw in a little of the power of how being humble, open, and willing to step forward and to act with grace. Um, I think then we, we can become who he's preparing us to be. So, wow, there is so much in here that I'm so excited to share with folks. And I thank you for taking the time in the middle of the day to join me. Well, thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. So exactly what I've needed to get through the rest of the day. So thank All you. All right. Well, we've come together. We each got a little boost, a little extra caffeine in our spiritual coffee. And for those of you out listening, we wish you a beautiful day. We will see you next time here on It's Her Story. Check on and womeninchristianleadership.com. It'll be in the show uh, description to everyone. Until next time, may grace be yours. Thank you for listening to It's Her Story. I'm your host, Karen Colonna, bringing the heart, the soul, and the brilliance of women to the forefront through their unique stories. If you have a story that you'd like to share, if you'd like to learn more, visit us online at womeninchristianleadership.com. Subscribe so that you don't miss our brilliant lineup of guests. We hope that you'll join us next time for another episode of It's Her Story, brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership, a Jeannie Porter production.